Hello, you're listening to the Various and Sundry Things podcast, the vast podcast. I am your host, Donna Gay Tyler. Hey, y'all. What you doing? How you been? I apologize this episode is just a little late. Um, So much going on in the world and so much going on in my life, as I'm sure there's a lot of things going on in your lives. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, listening, tuning in, indicates that it's a radio station. It's not. But I appreciate you pulling it up wherever you are listening to this particular episode of the Various and Sundry Things podcast. Now, by me saying that there's a lot of things going on in my life, I don't necessarily mean that they're all bad. I think sometimes we view that with a negative connotation when someone says, oh my God, there's so much going on. Sometimes it can be all good, right? Sometimes it can be bad. And sometimes, most often, I think (laughs) at this point, it's a mixed bag. There's some good things going on. There's some bad things going on. And then there are just some things going on. As you know, I've talked about before, I'm a teacher. And so we're wrapping up our first quarter here in Kentucky. And um, yeah, getting grades together and meet, trying to meet deadlines and trying to hold my students accountable to deadlines too. It's like, this is it, y'all. This is it. This is it. <laughs> Please get your work done. Well, they were supposed to have it all turned in by Friday. So now I have the daunting task of trying to pull all those last minute assignments in, get them all graded. Um, hopefully the ones who were on the bubble made the deadline and are no longer on the bubble. We'll get to that a little bit more towards the end of the podcast and the le- the last P, the last third. Yeah, this is the triple P episode. Ooh, I'm popping some P's too as I'm speaking. So this podcast is about politics, pop culture, and pedagogy. That's the teaching stuff. That's a big fancy word that just means teaching stuff. Let's dig right in, shall we? Let's start with politics. There's a number of podcasts that um, are dedicated almost fully to this notion of, um, you know, uh, dissecting politics. And listen, I am not a professional. I am an amateur just like everyone else. Every now and then I like to trot out, (laughs) and it's just for fun, the fact that I have a um, bachelor's degree from Howard University in political science. But listen, I really don't operate in that on a day-to-day basis as a middle school language arts teacher. Um, I kind of sort of did, I guess, when I was a social studies teacher back in Chicago. Um, yeah, I guess so, because uh, some of what I did dealt with history, but, um, and, and politics and, you know, how, uh, both of those like inform each other, definitely, you know, and in a weird kind of way, but, uh, like right now it's just, it's just for fun, um, <laughs> that I pull out. Yes, I have a bachelor's degree in political science. Yeah. That does not qualify me to be any kind of political pundit on anybody's stage. And like a lot of other podcasts that are dedicated solely to politics, I don't think a lot of those, um, a lot of those hosts necessarily, um, you know, qualify themselves as, you know, professional political pundits. I think they're like a lot of us. They watch what's going on in the world or listen to what's going on in the world of politics or read about it like I tend to, um, you know, and then form their own opinions and talk about them on podcasts. That's pretty much what I'm going to do here and what I've also done in the past. I think the last episode I talked about um, uh, Herschel Walker and uh, his run for Senate versus the incumbent, um, Reverend Raphael Warnock. Um, I failed to mention in the last po- uh, podcast episode, and I apologize that um, 
Re uh, Reverend Warnock is um, the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, which was uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Martin Luther King uh, Sr.'s uh, church in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, an actual Christian, right? I heard somebody say that. How is it that the Republicans are not, um, or not Republicans, I should say, but how is it that voters in, um, I was going to say Kentucky, no, voters in Georgia are not um, supporting the actual Christian, right? The man who is the actual pastor of a church. Instead, they're supporting um, Walker. I mean, it says so much about America. <laughs> It, it does. Um, I was talking to my husband about that the other day and a couple other friends, too. We've been chatting about it online. Um, and I've read a number of pieces, too. I think Vanity Fair had one, if I'm not mistaken, um, where the writers and my friends and folks and, you know, everybody's been saying, you know, the problem here and there are many with supporting um, Herschel Walker. But one of the biggest issues is that he's 100 percent the most unqualified person to be running for any political office, period you know, end of story, let alone U.S. Senate. Um, Herschel Walker um, represents the worst of what, you know, Black people want to see of themselves in public. You know, for years and years and years and years and years, you know, Black people have been demified, demonized and vilified as being lazy, uneducated, um, you know, inarticulate, um, you know, uh, you know, having a basic grasp of the English language and, you know, you know, basic facts and, you know, ideas and things like that. And, you know, especially black men, they've been portrayed as, you know, being like, you know, um, buffoons on a number of occasions. I mean, I think back to now I'm a little bit too old, but I remember, you know, kind of the black, uh, black exploitation kind of shows that used to be on step and fetch it. Um, you know, the yes, sir, no, sir, you know, that that caricature, if you will. And I mean, sorry, it just kind of is what it is. I look at Herschel Walker and even more so I listen to him talk and he is the epitome of that. He is a buffoon. He does not have a good grasp of the English language. He does not um, have a good grasp of the issues. So um, you're probably aware that there was a debate, um, I guess that was Thursday night. Um, today's Sunday, by the way, I'm recording this on a Sunday, the Lord's Day. Anyway, hallelujah. Um, there was a debate Thursday night, I think, in Georgia between um, Walker and Warnock. And um, <laughs> it was kind of like with the Trump debates, right? Um, Walker outperformed um, expectations, meaning that they expected, you know, people expected him to get up and go, oh, you know, kind of like what? But he actually, you know, I guess kind of sort of sounded, you know, like he practiced a little bit. But, you know, the big takeaway, and I'm sure if you've been paying attention to it, you're, you've are you seen this. <laughs> um, Reverend Warnock, uh, he was answering some questions about, um, I guess, responding to questions about um, his support of police and policing and things like that. And um, he said that he'd never pretended. Um, people call this the most ridiculous moment of the debate. Um, uh, he'd never pretended to be, you know, like a police officer. And... Um, he he never threatened to um, have a shootout with the police like uh, um, like Walker did. Um, now, granted, it was a number of years ago, but he's he's right, you know. And again, Herschel Walker lies about everything. He's a chronic liar, 
just like Trump, you know, just any old little thing. And so, again, Warnock, you know, was admonishing him, you know, okay, I may be this and I may be that and may look like I'm, you know, here I'm holding police accountable and that may look like, you know, um, a lack of support and it's not because we need to hold everybody accountable, right? Especially people that we pay with our public tax dollars. Okay, I digress. But anyway, so here comes Herschel Walker. Well, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not pretending to be a, a cop. And here's this toy badge. <laughs> Sorry. It was just the most ridiculous thing I have seen, you know, I guess maybe in the last six months, because every time you turn on the TV, you know, or listen to a podcast or, pull up your news, there's always some other level of ridiculousness, not to be confused with the MTV show of the same name. There's so much, there's another level of ridiculousness. You know, it's not a ceiling, it's definitely a floor. We thought we were in the sub-basement. Now we're in like bottom basement level 12. I don't know. But anyway, this guy pulls out a badge. And I don't know where he got it from, but it's not an actual, he's not a member of law enforcement. Everyone has come out, every, every organization that he claims to have had some kind of law enforcement experience with, they've all said, I uh, know. Um, as a matter of fact, he literally said, I am work with many police officers. That is a direct quote from Herschel Walker in the middle <laughs> of this debate. Um, and just for for fun and for clarification, there's no record of Walker ever having worked in law enforcement. I mentioned this on an earlier episode of the podcast that uh, Walker received an honorary deputy sheriff card that was reportedly given to him by the Cobb County Sheriff's Office in Georgia. I got this from the HuffPost. Um, quote, um, honorees don't have arresting powers. Rather, recipients of this honorary deputy sheriff card are considered, quote, a community liaison and partner, end quote, end quote. <laughs> what is you doing? brother. Well, not my brother, but black guy. Come on. Like the, the prop. And so he was, he was admonished, admonished by the, um, debate moderator about, um, using prop props. And you're like, uh, sorry, you are very well aware of the rules. He's like, no, I have to respond to that. I have to respond to that. So he, he did eventually, it didn't take him super long, but he did eventually put his little, um, his deputy dog, I don't know, badge of the memes y'all. It was the memes for me. <laughs> Uh, I did share a few of them, I think, on my um, social media posts. Uh, but like someone asked, like, is this something he got from Party City? Like uh, part of a Halloween costume? Yeah. I mean, seriously. And so, of course, the larger issue, again, as I mentioned a couple moments ago, is, you know, Herschel Walker represents um, what Black people don't want to see, you know, in terms of being, rep you know, representative of us. Because unfortunately, the way that it works in this United States of America, you know, one Black person on the stage tends to represent all of us on the stage, even though we are not a monolith. Everybody knows that um, we are not monolithic in nature. And there is variety. Um, there are various and sundry things about us, but definitely because of the way that um, Black people have been socialized and the way that we just, people have, um, white people, um, you know, kind of look at Black people as one community. So here's Herschel Walker representing the worst of the Black community, honestly. I mean, he's a liar. He's a deadbeat dad. He has lied about the number of kids that he has publicly. I mean, even his own son, I mentioned that on the last episode too, his own son, Christian, um, who was supporting him and who himself had some rather conservative views. I mean, even he's come out against his dad and talked about, you know, um, you know, how much of a liar he is and, you know, how he threatened his mom and um, him, 
the son Christian and how they had to move six times in six months because he was threatening to kill them. And, you know, every member of the Walker family asked Herschel Walker not to um, run for senator because they knew that he was, you know, a liar. And now he's airing out their dirty laundry or at least, the you know, the dirty laundry about themselves, which, again, as a family, it's like he represents his family. Now, you know, I'm not naive. I know that everyone in the Walker family isn't like him. Um, and I, I, I actually feel sympathy for them. I feel sorry for them. I wouldn't want that to be my dad up there, you know, being like the biggest buffoon this side of the Mississippi and embarrassing me like that it, 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 in terms of it being my, you know, my, if he were my father, but I know he doesn't represent the whole family and, you know, it's a sad situation, but it's also a dire situation because if this guy wins, you know, he's just going to, I guess, um, allegedly, you know, assumedly, um, he's going to toe the Republican Party line, but who knows? He could be a loose cannon for them, you know, um, thinking that he's right. There was this one quote that I saw about him and something he was trying to explain the air over China. And I could not. It, it did not make sense. I was trying to read it. I'm like, am I reading this in a different language? It just mm-mm. it just didn't make any sense. Um, <sighs> yeah. So there's that. That's there's Herschel Walker versus um, Raphael Warnock. Now, I am um, under the impression I um, haven't read a couple of articles that um, Warnock is up a little bit, but I think it's in the margin of error um, that he's up a little bit in the polls um, in terms of his lead over Walker. I hope the people of Georgia, you know, they have better sense than to vote for Herschel Walker. I mean, it's not an excuse. I, I understand why, you know, their rationale, but it's, it's in entirely hypocritical. And Walker is entirely underqualified to be, as I said, you know, running for anybody's public political position, just none of them, none of the P's, none. He should not. Mm -mm. And it's terrible that the Republicans are supporting him, you know, because they need, you know, another seat. They need to take back over the Senate. They're also hoping to take over um, a majority in the House. And typically in the um, uh, mid midterm elections, which is what this one is, um, the party that's in charge of the presidency, so the Democrats, um, they tend to lose, um, you know, their um, hold over Congress. So that's what, you know, everybody's afraid of, that the Republicans can take over the Senate and potentially the House too, which would thwart any of uh, President Biden's um, agenda items. But I mean, really, Herschel Walker is the guy that you want to, you know, do that with? That's embarrassing. Um, I was reading this article. I think it was Vanity Fair again. Um, an individual was um, talking about how, you know, the Republican Party has just slipped, slipped, slipped so far away from the center and, you know, their embrace of Trump. Um, you know, everybody's still been trying to figure this out or at least talk about it. I think like most um, mainstream conservatives, uh, conservative Republicans have been trying to you know, go back and figure out, you know, where did we go wrong? I mean, even the ones that were supposed to have, you know, some good common sense went and kowtowed to public, uh, to Trump. I'm talking about people like Lindsey Graham. Um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Rubio. Um, and who's the other one? Ted Cruz. Oh my God. I mean, they all, you know, like were fawning over him. And what's the other guy's name um, in the House of Representatives? Um, McCarthy. Um, They're all, yeah, um, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader um, in the House. I think he was the one that, uh, you know, went running to the White House um, on several occasions, actually, and then asked Trump for like a blanket uh, pardon for his actions, you know. Um, speaking of which, my next... Uh, point here that I'm going to talk about um, 
McCarthy was asking for, um, you know, like a blanket pardon for his actions um, that may have um, influenced um, the events of January 6th. So you know that there's a committee, a House committee, that's been investigating um, the January 6th um, riot, uprising, attempt to overthrow the government by um, a majority of white folk um, in the nation's capital. Hot mess that that was. Um, I, I digress. But anyway, my students say that, you know, they don't necessarily pay attention to the news, but I'm like, it's a whole riot <laughs> on the capital of the United States of America. Like, how are you in, you know, a hole and don't know about that? But I also remember and shout out to the parent um, who um, sent me a little email. I was like, thank you for giving your, you know, your students a space to discuss that. Um, because it was crazy, you know, watching that happen in real time. And it, it just was, you know, and at the time it was just, like I said, it was just surreal, like this cannot be happening, but here we are, you know, because the United States have, has, um, a tendency to look down on other nations when there's, you know, political riots of that nature. Um, like, oh my God, look at them. See, they need democracy to keep things, keep people in check. And yeah. And here's our whole democratic processes trying to be overthrown by an entire political party. Okay. So anyway, like I said, January 6th committee of the house, um, investigating, um, the events that led up to that. And, um, recently subpoenaed, I think that was just last week, um, Donald Trump. Um, now he's not going to testify. I mean, even his advisor, it was that guy named Steve Bannon. Um, he kind of like, what's the, the statement? What's the saying? He like thumbed his nose at, um, the subpoena that he got from the, um, house committee, which is, um, is is a a binding legal um not just a binding legal document but you know you are compelled to testify you just can't say no I'm not going to show up and so he's supposed to be sentenced I believe sometime this week um for failing to comply with um the subpoena to testify before the committee but you know what I have to say this that's some white folks stuff stuff to me like really you just you gonna get subpoenaed to testify and you be like I ain't gonna do it oh really okay we gonna see we gonna see what you gonna do then okay Steve all right then. But Donald Trump has already said um, time after time, time after time, that he's not complying with any subpoenas or whatever. And so, yeah, they subpoenaed him because, you know, his remarks, his actions and some things that just came to light last week. Um, you know, they want to know the committee wants to know and it wants and they want to know the record. You know, what what did you say? What did you do? What did you know? Who did you tell? Um, some of the things that I read um, that he's spoken about or, um, an aid to someone else, not his personal aid or not, um, a presidential aid, but some other, um, figure in the white house overheard him telling someone that, um, someone else that, uh, Trump, that is that he was embarrassed. He didn't, you know, we got to do something. We got to call somebody. I think it was the former, either the former chief of staff or his former, um, press secretary's aide. One of those two individuals, their aide was, uh, had said that um, they overheard Trump saying, you know, he's embarrassed. We can't let people know that we lost. We need to call somebody. We need to do something. Like, like what? Do what? Accept the fact that you lost and keep it moving? Oh, okay. Um, what else? There's this whole big thing, and I haven't really gotten to the, the heart of it yet, but there's this whole big thing about um, Trump and um, the Secret Service. Like, what did they know Um and you remember um, not too long ago, it came out that the some text messages from the Secret Service were accidentally deleted from like a server, like all of the ones that were around, you know, the January 6th events, you know, that they got deleted. Who deleted them? Really? 
you know, but Hillary's emails, her emails, remember there was a whole big stink when Trump was running against um, Hillary Clinton for um, presidency. But yeah, uh-huh. There's a whole big stink about that. But the whole Secret Service, all y'all text messages got deleted? Really? Child, some people don't even know how to delete their email, let alone, let alone delete e text messages and let alone delete them off the server. Now, you know, that sounds like some really, really screwball um, sus. That's what my students would say. That sounds really sus, right? on. So there's still a lot of investigating to be done, apparently. Um, and especially now that they've uh, subpoenaed Trump, who y'all know is not going to um, testify. He's not. I mean, this is the man that stole top secret classified documents. Stole. I'm going to put it like that. Because you just don't walk out with that stuff. You know better. You're the whole president of the United States. And even if he did not know, because he's just not that smart, he has had tons and tons of advisors and aides and all these other kind of people, chief of staffs and all these folks that um, assistant chief of staff, chiefs of staff. Um, listen, I watched West Wing. I know how this works. <laughs> the West Wing TV show. That's one of my all-time favorite shows, by the way. Totally random. But I, I know how this works. Um, and he knows how it works too. And everybody around him knows how it works. You just can't walk out with boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff. And apparently when he, when he was asked, um, over time, and I know I'm kind of, uh, mixing up topics right here, but when Trump was, um, first asked to return the information, return the, um, the papers that he had taken, he moved them. He had them moved at Mar-a-Lago from one spot in Mar-a-Lago, I guess, to another spot. So he knew he was wrong. Come on now. Oh, wait, you know, I had that on the dresser. Let me take that downstairs to the basement where it can actually be locked up. Come on, bruh. And all the people that still contort themselves to support him and to support the likes of a Herschel Walker and to support the likes of, what's that dude's name in um, Louisiana who um, had that uh, controversial ad uh, talking about um, Kennedy and that um, his televised ad um when was this? Beginning of October, I guess, is the article I'm looking at. This is a, who is this? W-A-F-B-9 in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, in the ad, he says, look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you're in trouble, call a crackhead. And what was it further on in this? Um, oh, no, no, no. That wasn't in the advertisement. That was at a, um, a rally. My bad. That wasn't John Kennedy that made that comment. Um, but anyway, yeah, Kennedy is the one that um, in an ad, he's running for a Senate and Gary Chambers is the black guy. Um, in one of his ads, Gary Chambers, you may have seen this too. He was uh, smoking um, a blunt in one of his ads. And, you know, Biden just um, recently came out with that uh, presidential, um, what do they call it? It's not a declaration, but um, where the president makes a um, he, he can't legislate. What am I trying to say? Yeah, okay. It is his pardon. So um, he announced that um, he will use his pardon power to grant clemency to people convicted. This is President Biden uh, of federal crimes for possession of marijuana. And so a lot of people have been talking about this at the state level because this is what Biden said. He's like, it's up to the governors now, you know, to do the same thing at the state level. Um, and Gary Chambers, um, part prior to Biden, um, uh, making this um, declaration, I guess, you know, uh, coming out with this, um, Gary Chambers has smoked weed in one of um, his um, campaign ads. And he was saying, you know, it's, it's past time for us to be still trying to um, uh, put people in jail for possession of marijuana. It's 
especially underline italics, make that like 27 point font, especially when now that you got a whole lot of people and a whole lot of them white who are making money off of um, selling marijuana where it can be sold legally, right? Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so you still get people going to jail for that? That's not right. Like, mm, that that doesn't all even out. But I, my mistake, I messed up. And so the other guy that made the, still on the political P, uh, the other guy that made the comments was Alabama Senator uh, uh, Tuberville. Is that how you say his name? Tommy Tuberville. He equates descendants of enslaved people with criminals. This is on NPR. Um, he said in, in front of an overwhelmingly uh, white crowd um, in Nevada, um, even though he's uh, running for, uh, isn't he running for re-election in Alabama? Um, he he accused Democrats of being uh, pro-crime. He says, quote, they want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. Uh, assumingly, he's talking about Democrats. They want reparations because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. And then he used an expletive, BS. Um, they are not owed that. And um, uh, the NAACP president, uh, Derek Johnson, called his comments flat out racist, ignorant, and utterly sickening. Um, yeah. So even though um, Blacks um, have been asking, asking, demanding, um, and justifiably so, um, some forms of reparations, I mean, you know, slaves were freed and got nothing. Nothing. They got nothing. All right. Good luck. All right. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, having built this country that, okay, podcast for another day. But anyway, um, his his comments here, just ugly, ugly. Now, is this guy running for re-election? So Tuberville, Tuberville, whoever he says his name, um, before he got in the Senate, um, he's a first-term senator, but before he um ran for Senate. He spent four decades, y'all, in coaching. Four. Now, admittedly, I'm not the world's biggest sports person, so I have to look all this <laughs> all this information up. But anyway, um, he spent four decades in uh, coaching, including 11 years as the head coach of Auburn University, right? Um, he's a football coach. And you know the majority of your players are Black. What What is you What is you talking about? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, Senator. All right. Um, see what you think. Oh, I wanted to mention one more thing. There's this website. Um, if you're um hopefully getting ready to vote, um, maybe you're gonna vote early. Um, but if you're not really sure about the people, what their positions are, um, there's a website called ballotready.org. Um, they're not a sponsor of this podcast episode, but I just I, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Because um, sometimes it's hard to really keep up with um, all policies, all politicians, especially on the local levels, um, because the ballots can be kind of long and you don't know, like everybody's running for something, dog catcher, you know, um, judges. Um, anyway, ballotready.org, B-A-L-L-O-T-R-E-A-D-Y.org. You type in your address and um, it can give you, it, it's not an official ballot. Um, it's more of like a voting guide is what they say on the website. Um, they'll tell you who the federal candidates are. So like here in Kentucky, um, we're voting for Senate. Um, Paul Rand is running, uh, Charles Booker, I should say, is running against um, Paul Rand. Um, I think Charles Booker calls him a fake doctor. <laughs> I'm voting for Charles Booker. Whoop, there it is. I pay for this podcast. It's not sponsored by anybody. It's me. So 
I'm voting for Charles Booker. Um, he's had a he he ran um, earlier too a couple years ago um, um, unsuccessfully, but I'm I'm hoping that he unseats Paul Rand. Um, anyway, um, and then uh, Andy Barr is running against um, Jeffrey Young um, for the sixth congressional sixth congressional district, and then there's some um, local the local candidates for you know where I live are listed. Uh, so besides um, Andy Barr. And um, the race, the Senate race between Charles Young, I'm sorry, Charles Booker and Rand Paul, um, the local candidates um, that I would vote for um, are also listed. And I could, you know, click on their um, pictures and it will tell me um, their positions, their experience, um, their education. Um, and it also tell me their positions on issues like education, guns, health care and housing. Um Let's see. It'll also um, list um, their endorsements. And um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Also um, coming up on this um, election um, in Kentucky, the um, two measures that we'll be voting for here um, or are one House Bill 4, an act proposing to amend the Constitution of Kentucky relating to the sessions of the General Assembly and House Bill 91, an act proposing an amendment to the Constitution of Kentucky relating to abortion. So just in case you need some help, and of course this works for anybody in the United States, but in case you need some help um, figuring out who's on the ballot and what they stand for, ballotready.org. Go ahead, log in, figure out who you want to support. All right? All right. So when I first conceptualized this episode, um, the title was... Um, I went through a couple of titles, as a matter of fact, PPP, and then triple P, and then P3, P cubed. I don't know. Um, but when I recorded it, uh, as I was recording it, it got really, really long. So what I've decided to do is just chop it up. Um, I'm going to release the other two segments of the episode um, as standalone episodes later on in the week. Um, I hope I don't disappoint anybody <laughs> too much. And if I do, I'm sure I'm going to hear about it. But um, I'd rather do that because I don't want you to get caught up or, you know, kind of be listening to not get caught up. But I don't want you to have to trudge through um, two more rather long sections, because as I was talking about politics, I realized, man, I can get really verbose when it comes to politics. Right. You know, calling myself an amateur or an amateur. Because I've heard some people pronounce that word. Uh, clearly, I have a lot to say about politics. Right. Um, I pay attention and I hope you do, too. Honestly. Um, even though the politics that I discussed in this episode um, pertain to places outside of Kentucky, because these are races that um, involve the Senate, um, what happens in the Senate affects us all. Um, you know, it's that it's 50 states, two representatives per state, and what they do, the legislation that they pass impacts the whole of the United States. That's not to say that um, you should ignore your local races because all politics is local. And so we cracked that joke about voting for the dog catcher. But honestly, um, it's at the political level that um, politics has its most impact on us individually. Right. Um, you know, even, you know, think about property taxes and things like that. Um, your local school board elections. I know Chicago doesn't have that. But, you know, here in Kentucky, we do. We elect school boards. So those people are the ones who are responsible for um, uh property taxes, you know, pieces of the property tax that impact how much, you know, we have to pay um, for our school systems to run. Um, so, yeah, all politics is local. I think that was Tip O'Neill. It could be him. I think I'm attributing that um, that quote correctly. And if I'm not, I'll look it up. I'll fix it in the next episode. But anyway, I'm going to chop up the triple P. So this one, the first P, politics, 
You're getting this one right now. The next one, um, Pop Culture, that's coming out in the middle of the week. And um, Pedagogy, that'll be coming out at the end of the week. So you're going to get a three-in-one this week. Um, and like I said, I just didn't want to drag out the podcast too long. But I want to say um, thanks for listening anyway, even if it was going to be over an hour. And it would have been well over an hour if I had included the other two segments. So I hope you um, hope you stick around. Listen for the next two episodes. I'll drop them this week, uh, later on in the week. And as usual, stay classy, uh, pay attention to politics. And thanks for stopping by. <laughs>